What's going on, FA Nation? John Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. Welcome into the Quick Out Fantasy Football Podcast and live stream. Coop, we are talking Dynasty Fantasy Football. We are talking Dynasty Fantasy Football wide receivers here today. We've discussed tight ends. We've discussed NFL offseason and the impact, and NFL free agency. We're quickly approaching the NFL draft. We have a ton of NFL draft content coming out over at FantasyAlarm.com right now for all of you to go check out. But what better way to get into a position that has been plenty good for fantasy football players over these past few years? Just some tremendous wide receiver talent coming into the league. We expect continued wide receiver talent to come into the league in this upcoming NFL draft as well. Uh, Dynasty fantasy football teams all over looking to get their hands on some stud wide receivers. Yeah, and we're bringing it to you with video this time. And you might be asking yourself why. And the answer to that is, why not? Why not? We, <laughs> right. we, sit, here, we, we sit here in a Zoom like and just do the recording. We might as well throw it on video so you can see our thoughts, our angelic faces, and we can talk to you, our fantasy football cherubs, about the dynasty landscape. We just talked about tight end, and what we did is we broke the position down rather than doing linear rankings, which I think in dynasty is kind of dumb because every team has different goals. Teams are trying to win. Some teams are trying to rebuild. Some teams have a terrible strategy where they think they're going to, uh, you know, collect a bunch of players and then five years from now win three seasons in a row, which never works. Uh, but what we're doing is we're breaking these guys down into buckets. Last week we did tight end, and we basically said, here are the guys that we think are young, talented, and a good situation. Every team's going to want to have them, guys like Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. Then we were like, here are your win now guys, like Darren Waller. Here are the young stash guys like Trey McBride that might not have upside right away. We kind of broke all the buckets down. We're going to do the same thing for the wide receiver landscape. Take a look at guys that we think can, uh, you know, just guys that you want on any team, guys that you want to buy if you're winning now, guys that you want to sell if, you know, you need to rebuild. So, Without further ado, John, why don't we start taking a look at it? Why don't we start with just the absolute mega stuff? Right. Of the obvious guys here that you're trying to win now, you're trying to win later, you're hands-on, get these guys on your roster type of talent, the Justin Jeffersons, the Jamar Chases of the world, you know, what are some of these other wide receivers that if you're going in right now, you're just like, acquire these guys at all costs? Yeah, I think it's pretty unanimous across the industry. Whether you truly believe in them or not, is that's up to you. But in terms of what you have to pay and and what the general consensus is, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, obviously at the very top, also uh, pretty unanimously put into that bucket are C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown. Would you disagree on that, John? No, I don't think so at all. Not the way we saw A.J. Brown last year uh, going with Philadelphia, his connection with Jalen Hurts. I uh, can't imagine that taking any step back. He's young enough. And the one issue with Jalen, with uh, A.J. Brown has always been the health, right? Can he stay healthy enough to give you a full season? He did. He just gave you a top five fantasy football year. That's what happens. That's why we don't play Dr. Fortune Teller, right? right? Like all the people come into us saying, oh, uh, CMC is going to get hurt again. Oh, yeah? What's going to happen? <laughs> right. Like what's the injury going to be? No injury. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. There you go, dude. So uh, for me, there's a few more guys that I'm willing to put into that group. Not necessarily into that tier. You can break it down into smaller tiers if you want. But we're just talking about guys that are uh, – younger than the age apex, which is 26 to 29 years old, that have the talent and they have the situation now. I personally moved Jalen Waddle into that group. I just wrote a full article on it. So if you want all the stats, go to fantasyalarm.com, Andrew Cooper, Jalen Waddle. The Google machine will help guide you there if you type in some combination of those words. Uh, but the, the reality what happened is he was running seven-yard dot routes primarily out of the slot, 60% as a rookie with this new offense. Uh, Mike McDaniel comes over. 
He starts using the fullback, starts using the block and tight end, essentially converts Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle into his Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And now they're both running high A dot routes. Jalen Waddle goes from running seven yard routes to running 12 yard A dot routes. And what happens? He has almost 1,400 receiving right. yards. So I, I think it's going to be highly consolidated enough that I'm putting him in there. Uh, anyone else that you would throw in this bucket, John? Well, let me ask you. You just wrote an article over at FantasySlam.com on DK Metcalf talking about his current ADP and where you can go ahead and get him here. You know, what are your thoughts on DK Metcalf? Are you a believer in Geno Smith as the long-term answer there in Seattle? You know, because we've talked about some of these teams. Great wide receiver talent, bad quarterback doesn't equal great production you know, DK Metcalf, everybody thought he was about to take a big step back last year. We got an absolute ceiling season out of Geno Smith. Is that something that we're going to see again this year? They paid him. They paid Geno Smith a lot of money to try to be that guy. Do you have faith in DK Metcalf? Because he fits sort of the age, the talent, the youth like you're talking about. Can he be that automatic go-get-this-guy with type of wide receiver for your dynasty teams? Well, I was kind of asking you if you wanted to sneak anybody in here because I was absolutely going to brute force DK Metcalf <laughs> into this group. Uh, you kind of nailed down what the question is. Uh, I didn't like how you said uh, a ceiling season because we don't know that for sure. sure. Maybe Gino did, maybe with his first year, uh, we didn't see the ceiling of what's possible. I mean, sometimes there are situations where now people have tape on him, he takes a step back, but there's a very real possibility that Gino Smith is just really good right. in this situation and he does take a step forward. Uh, for DK Metcalf himself, I put him in this group because he checks all the boxes except two, and he is so incredibly close to checking those boxes. In fact, he checked them in past years. So we look at his A dot right up there, higher than CB Lamb, higher than um, Jamar Chase. That's fine, right? Like his catch rate was good this year. His he got 141 targets. Obviously, that's amazing. Uh, you know, so we look at he got 22 end zone targets, which led the league. He's the only player in the league that's gotten 14 plus end zone targets the last three years. So we know that's there. The two things he didn't do, he didn't convert as many of those targets. He only scored six touchdowns. But the years before that, he caught 10 and 12. That's something where, since I've seen it, I know he can do it, right? The other one, the big separator is uh, Yak, right? You look at yeah. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. They both had basically 140 targets. They both caught 90 passes, essentially. DK caught 90. AJ Brown caught, caught 88. They both had 12 or so yard average depth of targets. The big difference was AJ Brown broke 17 tackles and had 565 yards of yak. DK Metcalf only broke six right. and he had only 231 yards of yak. The thing is, in 2020, I watched DK Metcalf break 17 tackles just like AJ Brown. He's absolutely capable of it. Mm -hmm. So that's the bet. Can he get back to that level? I absolutely think he can. I'm putting him in this group. Uh, John, are, are you there or are you, I know you're a little skeptical on, yeah. listen, it's uh, my skepticism has nothing to do with the talent of DK Metcalf. He is an absolute monster on the field. He has ridiculous size, speed, strength. None of that is ever in question. It's really just the quarterback play. We saw what happened when they kind of took a step back at times with him. Um, you know, and we saw the inconsistencies we saw from him week to week at times, but last year obviously wasn't necessarily the same case because we had really great quarterback play there so uh for me it's it's a quarterback play it's not really about the man and if he can get the ball thrown to him and he can make those plays uh i don't see a reason why not uh coop anybody else for you sort of in this next this tier uh, of guys to go get and put in your lines well i i have another guy that um that i know you like right because you were the one banging the drum for jalen hurts right and we looked at how highly consolidated the targets were among hurts and goddard and devonta smith 
I don't see why Smith wouldn't be a guy that I put in this group as well, mm-hmm. just because of the age. And I don't see why this offense would change. I mean, I know you have some of those numbers in front of you, John, on the Goddard, uh, on the targets with and without Goddard. Uh, yeah, I mean, with without Goddard, man, he was averaging uh, almost eight targets a game. You know, with, same thing for A.J. Brown, 8.8 uh, targets per game without Dallas Goddard in the lineup. Uh, very consolidated passing offense, like you mentioned. Uh, and we're looking at a team where a lot of people will point to sort of pass volume, right? This is an offense that is very run-heavy. But they did also increase the amount that they threw last year from the year before because they were just running more plays, right? You run An offense that runs more plays, naturally you're going to see increases into those sort of statistics there. So it's okay that you know they're going to run a lot of RPOs because Jalen Hurts is also going to step back there and throw enough and enough to these two guys, especially Devonta Smith, to become fantasy viable. People forget, like Devonta Smith is an absolute stud. If they didn't go get... A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith might have been right up there with, you know, the top two wide receivers in fantasy football in terms of yards, catches, touchdowns, because he is such an elite playmaker. It's just that he has another guy now taking a lot of pressure off of him and A.J. Brown. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, you know, eight targets without Dallas Goddard. When in the games where Dallas Goddard played, he was getting Mm 7.7. So not really that big of a difference. In fact, A.J. Brown was the one who had a bigger difference. He went from 8.8 to 7.8. So, I mean, this guy's going to get his targets. And for the record, Dallas Goddard during those games is getting 5.6 targets per game. So he's kind of the odd man out there. Uh, It's not like in those games, Goddard took a big step and he took a step back. So just like Waddle with Tyreek Hill, I'm willing to just bet that this team is good and it's going to keep going. (laughs) So that's that's the group for me at the top. You, You personally out there? If you were to tell me I don't have Devon Smith in that group, I don't have DK Metcalf in that group, I would say that's fine, right? right? Like we're doing tiers here. We're doing buckets. Uh, there's for, So for me, those guys are all in the top group. And then there's a few more guys that are like right on the edge where there's kind of one thing holding them back for me, right? So like a second tier group. One guy I'm putting in there is uh, – and this guy, this is the guy who if he got an extension with his current team, he would immediately go into that first group for me. Mm-hmm. It's T. Higgins. T. Higgins, the one thing holding him back, because the targets are highly consolidated right. among him and Chase. He scores touchdowns. He's a great player. If they were to commit to him long-term to be with Joe Burrow, I move him right up into that group above. For now, though, until as long as he's a potentially a free agent next year, I can't put him up there. So right. he's very close. Anybody else, John, for you that that is, is yeah, very close? I, I mean, I, I got to ask you. This is a guy you've written numerous articles about, numerous tweets about, numerous Reddit posts about, generally on the negative side of him. You came around a little bit this year because the scoreboard is a scoreboard. Can't really argue with the production, but – I'm on Ross St. Brown. Where does he fit for you in this, you know, tiers of dynasty rankings among the top guys? I knew you were going to mention him. And honestly, I've like, if you want my takes on him, they're all over the place. The Jalen Waddle article has a ton of them. I, every time he catches a seven yard slant, I have somebody on Reddit or Twitter tagging me. You told, you were selling I'm on Ross St. Brown the moment he was drafted. So yeah, because I truly think that for the long term, people are overvaluing this player. And I still believe it. Like if you look at Jalen Waddle, like Almond Rossi Brown and Jalen Waddle had near identical rookie seasons playing out of the slot, running low A dot routes. You need a ton of targets for that to work, which for Almond Rossi Brown so far, he's been playing on a rebuild ghost ship team where he's getting a, that many yeah. targets, right? But he still stayed with the seven yard A dot. He didn't go up to 12 like Waddle did. That's why Waddle goes in the next group for me. If Waddle played the same low A dot game only at the slot, he would be down in this group. Uh, what I worry about is that. They basically 
once again, ran a skeleton crew. They drafted a guy that didn't wasn't ready to play the entire season. They traded away their tight end middle of the season. Like it, the this team at some point is going to rebuild. And yeah. what it looked like when the Dolphins rebuild is they went out and got Jalen Waddle, who is basically their version of Jameson Williams, mm-hmm. and then they brought in a Tyree Kill. If this team's going to compete to win a championship, they just know that there's a possibility they bring in a, a T. Higgins or Michael Pittman type player. And now Amon Rossi Brown with his dot, if he's just a slot guy and he's not getting 140 targets, he's getting like 100. Now he's just Tyler Boyd. He's just right. fancy Tyler Boyd. So that's my concern. That's why I don't have him in that group. Again, for the short term, though, you put him in your lineup in any sort of PPR and leave him. So I have no problem with him being in this group. But that's why he's not in the top. One of the receivers that I felt last year in redraft leagues that was being a little bit overdrafted uh, was Michael Pittman. I, I really wasn't a believer in Matt no, Ryan, no. Um, you know, and, and where he was going in terms of wide receiver rankings. You know, Michael Pittman was being drafted, you know, among the top, I think, like seven or eight wide receivers off the board. He didn't have a terrible season, per se. You know, 999, sorry, 99 yards, uh, 99 receptions uh, for 925 yards there. Um, you know, now the new quarterback situation there. Um, you know, they, they signed Gardner Minshew could certainly be their starter. They got a couple other options. Maybe they address in the draft as well. You know, where does someone like Michael Pittman now fit into your here now fourth year into the league, um, that, seemingly trending up a little bit. That's everybody in this group, right? That's everybody in this group is there's a reason that they're not in the top group, but that reason to me could change, right? Like Amon Ross St. Brown could be a full-time flanker in this league and then now we have to respect that he's going to have that for the rest of his career and be in that top group right um michael Pittman is another guy with his problem i think we both agree that it's quarterback but until that changes i can't move him up into that group right because catching even catching passes from geno smith or tua is i mean we don't even know who's going to be going they have the fourth pick so they're not getting cj stroud they're not getting bryce young they have gardner Minshew. Right, like, right. Well, that's what I'm saying, you know, and, and I think Gardner Minshew is probably an upgrade over Matt Ryan, you know, for, or or you know, whoever the heck they had back there uh, last season uh, when they decided to sit down uh, Ryan at quarterback. So, um, you know, I, I think Minshew could at least maybe benefit him a little bit just from his willingness to throw downfield. Um, but yeah, to me, there's just a lot of questions still with Michael Pittman. Right. Exactly. And it's like you take Michael, like take Michael Pittman and swap him with C.D. Lamb. Swap lives. Right. Yeah. And like now we love him. Right. right? I mean, it's like with CeeDee Lamb, even in a vacuum, he's probably better. But if you put Michael Pittman in that spot, he's he's a wide receiver one. Probably, I, right? I would like, agree with you there for sure. And I take a bunch of guys that. So that's this group in a nutshell. I'd throw Rashad Bateman in there where if I mean, there's a world where Lamar Jackson signs on long term and Todd Munkin's air raid comes to town and they're throwing left and right. And I mean, the last time this team actually threw the ball. Both Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews in 2020 got 150 plus targets. Right. I mean, you give Rashad Bateman 150 targets, and why isn't he Jalen Waddle? I mean, mm-hmm. the guy we've seen him break away big touchdowns. He's 23 years old, so I think he's very like these guys are all so close to that tier that you can taste it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, another name maybe goes in that group is Jerry Judy. John, what do you think? Listen, 24 uh, years old. I was a huge Jerry Judy stand last year as well. Um, I was taking him in drafts because he was going after Cortland Sutton, and I'm like, 
everybody's sleeping on Jerry Judy here. Right. You know, he was one of the best wide receivers that came out of that draft class. Uh, I thought Denver got a steal being able to get him where they did. You were bringing Russell Wilson in. Hey, all systems go. And then Denver was just an absolute disaster. Judy got hurt. He had a couple of good games there. I'm willing to bet on the rebound there. I'm not really ready to cancel him out yet because I do think and see there's just a lot of potential in this player. It just hasn't come on the field yet. Uh, And quarterback play has been a big problem, obviously, in Denver since he's been on that roster. Year two, new head coach with Sean Payton with Russell Wilson. Maybe that straightens itself out and we finally do get a breakout season. Uh, He's a guy I'm looking to acquire in, in Dynasty and in redrafts where his ADP is right now. I'm just going to dive right back in and grab myself some Jerry Judy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. And I think there's one more name that we have to kind of throw into this group just because he was wide receiver 15 last year. Uh, so after, so here's how we're going to break it down. We're going to look at the young guys, the rookies from last year. Then we're going to look at AJ Apex guys. We'll look at other guys that we think are fringe starters that are under the AJ Apex, under 26 years old. Uh, but again, those guys are more, right. do you start him? Do you not? Because this guy was wide receiver 15 last year in full PPR. I think we have to talk about him now because he is under 26. Brandon Ayuk, 25 years old, was wide receiver uh, 15. We like the profile. We are concerned about the quarterback and concerned a little bit about the targets probably. Right. With- yeah. I mean, listen, he benefits big time when guys are hurt in that offense. We've seen it. Debo Samuel goes down. Brandon Ayuk is the guy that steps up in a big way and gets involved or Kittle comes off the field. Brandon Ayuk is a guy that steps up and kind of gets those targets. The, you know, the quarterback carousel, he seemingly is kind of immune to like that situation. Like the, the quarterbacks do find him when he's on the field, whether it be Garoppolo Lance for the very minimal time that he was on the field um, or Purdy last year. Like those guys were able to be successful throwing the football to Brandon Ayuk. So I'm not necessarily as worried per se about the quarterback play, but I, I also don't know if he can have a ceiling with the uncertainty there at that position as well. So uh, from a, from a sense in that direction, yes. But when it comes to actual play for, for him, that's where I worry. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. Again, he's probably the closest one to not being in this like fringe young guy star group to being down into the group of guys we're going to talk about later. Uh, and when we get to that group, we'll mention those guys. Yeah. Before we before we go there, John, do you want to talk next about the age apex guys? So the guys that are in your starting lineup, they're 26 to 29 years old or so, or do you want to talk about the young guys, the rookies from last year? Get those out of the way. First. No, I think we should talk about the rookies from last year and the yeah, younger okay. guys, you know, year two players, because there's a lot of great talent there um, that is going to be, uh, you know, getting addressed in terms of the value uh, that we'll see as well. And they're the closest, they're just so like the T Higgins of the world where, you know, like 24 years old and next year when we do the show, they could be in that top group with yeah. the CD Lambs and AJ Browns. I think the guys from this young group, because they're younger, you know, like obviously the guys that are 27, uh, like Chris Godwin or whatever, they're not, they're never going to jump into that top group because they can't, because, right. they, you know, we're, we're talking about both very young and very talented guys from this group are most likely to make that jump. I think it's the very top group. So yep, obviously, right. Like um, I don't think we need to go too deep into Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. I think most people love them, John. Yeah. Uh, do you have any worries about either of those fellows? Um, I mean, again, you have to, you wonder where the quarterback's going to be. I mean, you we're, we're assuming that we're going to see Aaron Rodgers in green Bay or I mean, in, in New York. Right. So, you know, yes. Garrett Wilson potentially getting a quarterback upgrade from, you know, white or, or, uh, 
you know, the, of course, now I'm blanking on the current quarterback there in uh, in New York. Um, Zach Wilson? Yeah, 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 the other Wilson, right? The other Zach Wilson. The, the Wilson that's very bad. Uh, I imagine, obviously, Aaron Rodgers would be an upgrade for, for there for him, so no, I'm not really worried. Chris Olave, same thing with Derek Carr. I'm happy with that situation. Um, I think the big question here, and you and I kind of battle back and forth a lot of time on the Atlanta passing attack, um, is with Drake London, right? Drake London, at the end of last year, actually looked pretty good with Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter is expected to be the starting quarterback this year for Atlanta. Kyle Pitts obviously wasn't in the picture there, though, for, for those final games um, for that offense. Now they get Kyle Pitts back. Are they going to move towards a pass-first offense? Are they going to run the ball still like Arthur Smith loves to do? You know, that's a big question. I do think at least Ritter showed a more willingness and maybe at least he was better at throwing the football than Marcus Mariota was. So maybe there's some still potential there for London to find success alongside Kyle Pitts as well. Yeah, I mean, again, the quarterback play is what is what that's what puts Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave above this other group is that we're assuming like Derek Carr is already there and yeah. we're assuming Rodgers will be there. I, I mean, I do. The reason I, I can't just jump and put Garrett Wilson right up with Chase and Jefferson, not just because we haven't seen it, but like. We haven't seen them play with Alan Lazard and Michael Thomas, which say what you will, Michael Thomas scored three touchdowns in three games. Alan Lazard is the only other guy besides DK Metcalf to get double-digit end zone targets three Mm -hmm. years in a row. So those guys could be a problem red zone-wise. With this next group of guys, I think you're right. Drake London, uh, you're, you're gambling that they figure the quarterback situation out. That said, even when Kyle Pitts was healthy, they both had massive target shares. Not targets but the percentage of the team's targets available these yeah. guys were soaking them up i mean drake london was like i'm not even kidding he was wide receiver two right when it came to target share uh and i'm pretty sure kyle pitts was like tight end too like they were getting like almost yeah. 30 30 percent of targets 30 percent of what like was it 40 yeah, right. yeah, like who cares of, of, like, of 40 percent of 12 tar- 12 pass attempts a game isn't really it's a lot like so. four, right yeah but still like you have to uh like it's it's easier to add it's easier to pour targets, total pass attempts onto those percentages mm-hmm. than it is to capture a bigger percentage. So I right. do like that. I think that's why uh, of these young fellas, like Olave and Wilson, I'm planning on having them in my lineup. Drake London, like unless I'm super compete now, I'm not willing to trade Drake London to. Right. I wouldn't trade Drake. You don't London want to give up on him yet for Devontae. Yeah, exactly. Like I think Drake London has the upside of these other guys, and he's younger, so you don't want to make the mistake of trading a young guy and then having the young guy outperform the old win now guy you traded for. That's like the night. That's the thing that keeps you up at night yeah. staring at the ceiling. Right. Yep. So uh, I put London in that group. Uh, I think he's think about a couple of rookies that were dealing with injuries a lot last year. Christian Watson, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams. Um, we like the potential. We've seen flashes of greatness um, potentially there, but obviously Williams missed a lot of the year. Burks as well. And Watson in and out of the lineup, you know, pretty much all season. I, so I've seen enough from Watson and Burks that I put them in that group that I'm not, I don't want to trade them. I really don't. Like if I, tra- if I'm trading them, like, so the the scenario is trade a guy for Devonte Adams to win. Now I'm not doing that. I will package these guys up and trade them for AJ Brown or Jamar chase or yeah. Justin Jefferson, but everyone's doing that. Right. Like, so I think where I draw the line, the question is, where do you draw that line? I think with Burks and Watson, I've seen enough. I'm a big Jamison Williams fan. And I was, I had him as my wide receiver one. I still have him pretty high in my prospect rankings, but I don't know if I've seen enough from him to say that I definitively believe he's going to be in my starting lineup this year for 
You know, I I love the 40 yard reception. I love the 40 yard run. Need to see more than two plays from a guy. Right. right John. So hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So I think that's where I draw a line at Burks, like Watson and Burks. I, the, the leagues where I have them, I plan on them being my wide receiver three. Yeah, and Burks, uh, I think, could benefit from, you know, I know people are down on Ryan Tannehill, uh, but Malik Willis was an absolute zero throwing the football. Burks wasn't healthy a lot of the year anyways, but I think Tannehill, at least being a quarterback, gives him some more life uh, as a wide receiver than if they had to go in a different direction there. So, uh, for me, I definitely like Burks there. Um, thought, after that... I would say after after that, now we're into the guys I'm probably looking to move. I'm, uh, if I'm win now, I would consider moving guys like George Pickens, where mm-hmm. we don't know what's going on with the quarterback kind of tight. Jahan Dotson, maybe. Sky Moore. Wandale Robinson. Sky Moore is interesting because obviously Miko Hardman's no longer there. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster is no longer there. They do have Kadarius Toney, um, who could certainly slot into that position there. But, you know, we talk about opportunity. There's opportunity here for Sky Moore now in that offense with Kansas City. Yeah, there is, but it's still it's still Kelsey and then one more guy. So Kadarius Tony could be a problem. Same with John Dotson. Like I, we love John Dotson. Mm-hmm. I, the guy that can score touchdowns like that as a rookie, like that's not a fluke. No, like, he was he was a touchdown machine. But the quarterback now is Sam Howell, dude. Right. Who's just like a bowling ball, and we don't really know what we're getting from him. And they have Terry McLaurin, and they have Curtis Samuel, and Logan Thomas should like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I just, I don't like, those are the guys where they it's did like, George... he was a first round pick on Dotson. So like I do, I, I like our stash. Some, I think I would rank him obviously above Samuel and, and Thomas and the pecking order. Um, just okay. because of the cap, the draft investment, I know draft investment doesn't really mean much once, you know, once you get past a certain point, but he was productive as a rookie. So I'll tell you this, he was already out snapping Curtis Samuel in the games where they were both playing. Uh, Jahan Dotson was the guy that was playing, 90% of the snaps right. and staying out there for two wide receiver sets. Curtis Samuel was coming off. So I do put him in that group. But again, this is a cyclical game. The teams at the top, it's the haves versus the have not, <laughs> yeah. right? The top, the guys at the top are ready to win. The guys at the bottom are trying to play for the future. If you're a guy at the bottom, the, these are the guys you want. You want George Pickens, John Dotson, Sky Moore, Wanda Robinson, Alec Pierce, I would consider too. Yeah. Like you want to get as many of these guys because they're cheap. But they're not going to, they might not help you win now. Whereas if I'm competing to win now, I might be willing, if I can trade John Dotson plus something for a guy that is going to help me win right now, yeah. then then I do it. So like that's that's the line drawn where like, I'm not trading Wilson or Olave for win now guys, because I think they could potentially be win now guys themselves. Uh, maybe the biggest move of the offseason with the Chicago Bears trading the number one overall pick to Carolina uh, in return for that, they got DJ Moore and obviously some draft capital as well. Where does DJ Moore now fit for you in this whole dynasty wide receiver hierarchy? Yeah, so like we just, everyone we just talked about, believe it or not, every single name we just rattled was under 26 years old. Every single one of those players. The age apex for wide receivers, which basically means the vast majority of the very high end wide receiver one like all-time seasons come from guys typically in this range. Every once in a while you have guys that are um, above or even below it. Like, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson's on the list with a very good season under 26 years old. Uh, Jerry Rice's best season of all time, which is second all-time, he was 32 years old, 33 years old. So uh, you got guys all over the place. But for the most part, 26 to 29 is the sweet spot. So that's this next group of guys that I think – you know, that we've got to talk about, John, right. whether we believe they're starting lineup caliber or not. 
DJ Moore at 26 years old, getting a new quarterback. If I have him, I'm playing it on start. Like that's, there's a group of guys here where I say, if I have DJ Moore, if I have Chris Godwin, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, those, those guys right there, like if I have them, I'm starting. And if I don't believe in the talent, now is the time to probably move. So uh, those four guys, even with the quarterback questions and all that going on, I feel pretty good about them. Anybody else you, that you're putting into this group? Um, I mean, if you talk about the guys that you mentioned there, obviously it helps that they're, you know, one, one, a targets on, on their team as well. You know, DJ Moore should step up immediately and become sort of those, that number one guy with Chicago, Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans, though they have that awful Baker Mayfield now is throwing them the football. Like they should be right up there. You know, where Debo Samuel, Dante Johnson is. I, I guess my question for you is like, where now do you rank someone like a Christian Kirk who last year, I had a monster breakout season, but Calvin Ridley very looking like ready to go and be in that number one guy uh, for Jacksonville, an up and coming team, great potential quarterback with Trevor Lawrence who really took, took that step forward last year. You know, where does Kirk now fit for you uh, in dynasty? Yeah. So with this group, you have to be very cognizant of your format and I'm not talking about PPR versus half PPR that matters, but you know, it's, uh, that's another conversation. The conversation we have to have here is how many guys do you start? How deep is your league? Because the value for a guy like Christian Kirk in a league with only 10 teams, let's say it's a very old league, old faction that doesn't really want to change their ways. You have 10 teams and there's two wide receiver spots and one flex. In a format like that, Christian Kirk is probably not cracking your lineup. But these newfangled leagues that the kids are doing, John, I see him out here. Three wide receivers, receivers four flexes, uh, you know. Four super flex, tight end premium. You know, you're starting 25 players. Well, Christian Kirk's going to be in your lineup every single week. And I would say even an old school 12 team, three wide receiver, one flex lineup, Christian Kirk's in my lineup. So I think there's a number of those guys. You could even consider, honestly, Deontay Johnson and those guys in that world. Uh, But like Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, those guys for me, you have to look at your format. If your format is one of those like 10 team, two starting wide receivers, time to go out and do a two for one, baby, or right. a or a Christian Kirk plus a pick for a more solid starter. Right. But in, in the world that a lot of us live in, where you have three wide receivers and all these flexes, I feel good about Terry McLaurin. I feel good about Marquise Brown with a lot of Hopkins probably gone. A lot of uh, even, I don't care who's quarterback, honestly, as long as Hopkins is out of there because the ball's got to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. target share. I saw Marquise Brown in person last year. I was out there. He got 17 targets, right? right? Like, give me that. Uh, anybody else that you would consider for this group, 26 to 29-year-old guys where if you're in a three wide receiver, flex, one flex league that you're like, you're feeling pretty okay about putting him in the well, what do you? Th- what are your thoughts on Juju Smith-Schuster going into New England, kind of replacing Jacoby Myers in that offense? I think it's great. I mean, Jacoby Myers in that offense was a guy that got, you know, was consistently getting over hundred targets. He was, they were lining him up at, at flanker, bringing him into the slot. They now have uh, probably Mike Kosecki playing a lot of slots. So he's going to play a lot of flanker. Like they paid the guy to be Jacoby. And yeah. I think he's better Jacoby. I feel pretty confident in that particular format, especially full PPR. I feel pretty confident about putting Juju in my lineup. And then probably the last wide receiver that kind of comes to mind, we go back to Denver here. Uh, missed time last year with injury, but, you know, Cortland Sutton, 64 catches, yeah. almost 830 yards. Um, coming off of the injury a few years ago, had the down 2021 because of the bad quarterback play in Denver. 
you know, where does he now fit for you if we're expecting maybe a bounce back from the Denver offense here? Yeah, man, he's probably the last one in this group because he's got every, every name we just named again are all 26 to 27 years old. They're either 26 or 27, so they're in the age apex now. They have, you know, 26, 27, 28, 29 to have blow-up years. Cortland Sutton is probably the last name I put in this group. I think we've seen it. It looked awesome before he got hurt, but we don't know if he – sometimes guys lose a step, you know, right. with an injury like that, and we haven't quite seen it on the bounce back. I still believe enough to put him in this group, but, man, again, if you are in a two-wide receiver league, Cortland Sutton is not – you're not sitting there talking yeah. trash to your league mates because you have Cortland Sutton. As no, he's, a, he's the guy that you're kind of grabbing and stashing maybe, hoping you kind of get, you know, get that rejuvenation with – uh, Sean, Payne. I think Sean Payne is is kind of the the deal this year, right? Like he comes in, yeah. the the players should respect him. Hopefully, uh, he should be running an operation that uh, is you know shows some semblance of actually understanding how to coach a football team and call plays. And t- you know, he doesn't need a time management coordinator uh, on the field next to him, you know, right? Like insane, dude. yeah. Insane. You know, so. I love that that guy became the interim coach and he got like one press conference to say something, yeah. and he goes. Yeah, I don't know why they weren't using Albert O. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and they fired him like a week later. Yeah. Like, he got he got like two quotes out. Yeah, right? exactly. Just, so like I, I do I, again, I'm gonna go in there and be bullish on Denver and again as sort of that post hype bounce back. And uh we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens out of them here. Yeah. I, I will get I will say one last thing on Cortland Sutton. People confuse I've seen this confused confused way too many times where people look at Michael Thomas and they think he's a slot guy. Right. But he wasn't slot boy. He was slant boy. Right. When you look at the numbers, he played way more snaps out wide than he did in the slot. He came into the slot as well. But I think people are thinking of Marquise Colston as the guy who was the big slot player that always lined up inside. Right. That wasn't Michael Thomas. And if you're looking for the guy on this team to potentially be slant boy, if he's going to exist, would be Courtland Sun. Right. Kind of would be. I agree with you. Um, obviously we've gone through a couple of lists here and we've missed some big names, but that's because we kind of consider them pretty safe win now players here. Someone like yeah. a Stefan Diggs, um, obviously, you know, a guy in Buffalo, gone to Buffalo, had just some really big years, you know, if he's on your team, great. You're not looking to move him. If you're trying to win now, maybe you're trading some of those younger guys to go ahead and get a Stefan Diggs on your roster from a team that maybe isn't competing right now you know he's got to be probably one of the top options but he's getting up there a little bit in age he's 29 now and then you have Tyree Kill making news you know just yesterday saying Crazy, that hey man. you know what my contract's done I'm done I'm ready to go do some other things with my life it's 120 million dollars contract he signed with Miami he certainly has the bankroll to do it you know why continue to risk his body he'll be out of the league at 32 so uh thoughts right. on guys like that where you can win now you know maybe they're getting up there a little bit in age but clearly still some of the elite wide receivers in football I mean I'll tell you the truth with the Tyreek Hill comments is that there's not many wide receivers these days that you have to be a special player to be very good after the age of 32. I look around the league right now and there's basically like one guy we care about. That's 32. It's Adam Thielen. I'm not sure how much we care. We'll talk about it. You care about Adam Thielen. Well, okay. Let's a lot of Panthers now care about Adam Thielen, but well, when I say we, I mean at least half of the show sure. and half the audience that likes me. That's fair. Show. That's so, fair. That's fair. Yeah. So we, the Royal, we, <laughs> uh, you know, but there have been a bunch of guys. I will say there have been a bunch of guys that have had their best seasons. I mentioned, obviously the guy that you can't really compare anyone to 
which is Jerry Rice, Mm -hmm. had his best season at 33 years old, 32 years old, best fantasy season. Then he tore his ACL at 35 years old, and they played for seven more years. (laughs) We've also seen Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, Steve Smith, like sometimes Hall of Fame players. You don't get Hall of Fame stats without playing Hall of Fame number of years, Mm -hmm. right? Terrell Owens, very good, long time, right? Uh, Brandon Marshall had his best season at 31 years old. So that's why I look at this list. Stephon did, I mean, Tyreek Hill, we already kind of planned on him only being relevant until he's 32. Yeah. So what that that's that's four more years, right? Or three more years. Yeah, you got three he's, years left on his contract. So Yeah. So for me, that's fine. Like this group of guys that we're putting in this bucket are guys that are 28, 29, 30 years old that we truly believe they're elite and can have elite seasons at 30 and 31 and 32. So that's what I call this group here the safe win now, guys. Go out, look at your league mates, and conv- if some one of your guys, like one of your buddies, is on the fence about whether he's going to be able to compete to win this year or not, convince that guy that he can't compete. Yeah, talk talk a little bit about uh, Amari uh, Amari Cooper here yeah, uh, in Cleveland last year. Obviously, a great season. Get year two with Deshaun Watson. Uh, thoughts on Amari now? Exact. That's the exact kind of guy I'm talking about. If you're a guy in your league has Amari Cooper and no one else, tell that guy, hey, you need to be tanking. Give me Amari Cooper. I'll give you my pick. You, I'll win now. You win later, and he won't realize that Amari Cooper's twenty-eight, and he could be he could be good for four more years, mm-hmm. right? So Amari Cooper as the top pass catcher. I mean, he was like he tied his all his tied his record for receptions. He uh, set the record for the most uh, targets he's had. He uh, was tw- twenty years twenty yards off from having the most uh, yards he's ever had. I'm pretty sure he actually had the most touchdowns he's ever had. So right. this guy, um, and that was with Jacoby Brissett. So, like, I'm absolutely going after Mark Cooper. In this group, I'm going after Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Every word out of his mouth has has indicated that he cares about his legacy and he wants to be one of the best all time. He left Aaron Rodgers basically because he knew Aaron Rodgers was going to retire. He wants to play for a long time. So that's a guy I like. DeAndre Hopkins is another guy that I like. He There were comments from him where he – I saw him say that he was worried about making it to the Hall of Fame because of the steroid suspension. Right. If I'm a guy that wants to make sure I get in the Hall of Fame, I, you can't retire now. I don't. That doesn't sound like a guy that planned on retiring now anyway. Because no. I don't think he would get in the Hall. That sounds like a guy who's got a lot of ball to play. Yeah. So give me those guys. Uh, then there's a couple guys that are kind of close that I like. John, is there anybody else that you would throw in this group of guys that you think have at least three, four more years and? are definitely wide receiver two or threes at the worst. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, and and you and I maybe could go back and forth on this one, but, and I saw you have a little bit of a, of a Twitter debate uh, regarding this player. You wrote an article featuring him as well. Uh, Keenan Allen, Uh, Keenan Allen to me uh, feels like a guy that I should be able to go get on a team. That's not expecting to win uh, personally and log right into my lineups. PPR. He's a monster. He's been relatively healthy. Again, you and I, our our core themes when it comes to fantasy football is like, we're not worried about injuries as much, right? We're we're not doctors. We're not, we don't have the the crystal ball to tell when a guy's going to get hurt or not. Uh, Keenan Allen, when he's on the field, he's one of the most productive players in the NFL. Plus added bonus, another sort of key uh, theme with me, especially is who's throwing the football. I know that Justin Herbert's going to be with the Chargers for a long time. Keenan Allen, I'm expecting to be with the Chargers for a while that to me feels like a pretty safe play. Yeah, I should have him in this group. And I, in my mind, I do. I think the, the problem for me is it feels a little bit like cheating to say he's 30 
his birthday is in like two weeks, John. He turns 31. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I technically he is 30, but in like two weeks he turns 31. Uh, but I will say, I, I did write the article again. Go over to Fantasy Alarm, type in Andrew Cooper, Keenan Allen, uh, and you'll see all my the reasons I'm saying buy, right? I'm buying him and uh besides the fact that he's been amazing and once he came back last year from week eight uh for the last eight weeks of the season he was the ppr wide receiver two behind right. justin jefferson look people don't i i tweeted that and people said i don't believe you i was <laughs> yeah. like what have i ever lied right. on, you yeah. know what i mean like why would i say that it's, it's, a, it's something very fi- verifiable you know with the uh with the stats that are verifiable <laughs> I, so, pull, yeah, I pulled like... the stat i had to pull the stats up for a guy right. though he was like i don't believe that i was like here look and then, and then finally he was like, all right, I guess. Yeah. But people don't believe it. But, I mean, he missed half the season. He still had 90-something targets. Of yeah. course he's going to be, you know, whatever games he played. He was he had, like, back-to-back games of 14 targets. In the playoff game, which doesn't count for fantasy, he had 13 targets. Well, that's so. the thing, you know, referring to sort of the one Twitter conversation that I happened to, like, notice and kind of mention to you, uh, you know, the, the fantasy player there was like, oh, he burned me, like, back-to-back years. I'm like, when? You know, like in, in 2020, <laughs> like, no, he, he missed two games. He had, a, you know, he still had a hundred catches and in, in 992 yards and eight scores. Like for, he was your wide receiver one for 14 weeks, right? He didn't hurt you yeah. last year. Sure. 10 games he played, but he was there for you down the stretch when it really mattered for the most part. So exactly. And this is dynasty too. You have to remember True. the teams are so top heavy. My teams are loaded, bro. I like Keenan Allen. I love players like that. Cause guess what? I've been. I've been itching to start some of these guys on my bench that are also awesome. Right. So like, give me wide receiver two Keenan Allen. And Oh, unfortunately, you know, boo hoo. I have to put Cortland Sutton in my lineup or Rashad yeah. Bateman in my lineup. Like I'll be fine. In dynasty. I'm fine. In redraft. That's where you get smoked because oh, it's, it's more smooth. Sure. Right. Not everybody has like they're loaded up at wide receiver. So I put, I'll put Keenan Allen. Where do you want his teammate? Where do you put Mike Williams? Mike Williams has to go in that group too. Cause he's 28 and the targets are highly consolidated. And he's again. If we're gonna play the game of no, we're not Doctor Fortune Teller, our favorite right. thing, then we can't we can't predict Mike. I mean, Mike Williams of all people does have a play style that somehow has, has him landing directly on his clavicle. Like, right. <laughs> it's okay to let a couple balls go every once in a while. Yeah. He, it's like watching the guy play slam ball. Mm-hmm. Remember that the the trampoline dunking game, the basketball trampoline right. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically watching Mike Williams play wide receiver. Like he just you know disregard for his body but yeah. i i put him in there and the other guy i'll put in there so you know if we're putting keenan allen in there deandre hopkins has to be in there too he's also 30 31 and sure. the last guy I'll, I'll sneak in there is tyler lockett Tyler lockett uh i mean he was wide receiver 13 last year he's 30 years old highly consolidated targets among him and dk metcalf and this guy doesn't miss games like it for you can throw injury i mean risk out the window right he he's been including playoffs, there's been 137 games available to Tyler Lockett. He's played at 134. I watched the guy go to the hospital directly from a 49ers game in San Francisco and play the next week. So at least you can count on it to be available. I'll put him in that group where not as risky as maybe this next group. Sure. So let me that, ask that. You. Oh, go ahead. Let me just yeah. let me lay it out because we were kind of jumping around all over the place. In that group, we're going to put Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, Devonta Adams, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, Keaton Allen, Tyler Lockett, and Mike Williams. Those are the guys where if you're win now, you can feel pretty safe about those guys being good, not only for this year, but for a couple of years. Yep, I'm with you there. Uh, Coop, I'm sure people are at home listening, watching, you know, kind of checking boxes, going down their rankings list, and there's one notable name 
that maybe hasn't been discussed oh, yet. Oh, yes. Uh, I got to ask you, man, coming off of a, a pretty tough injury last year, Cooper Cup, uh, yeah, Cooper. the guy who won all of fantasy football two years ago. Uh, things now generally seemingly going downhill in L.A. Matt Stafford, can he even throw a football anymore? Cooper Cup himself coming off of that injury. People are still going to probably take him in the first round, second round next year. Oh, yeah. You know, where it is, where it is. Cooper Cup now rank for you in Dynasty, man. I think, honestly, he has to go in the win now but risky group. I mean, if, if you, a listener out there, were to DM me angrily as – you tend to do and say <laughs> Cooper Cup has to be in that safe group with Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams. You know what I'd say? I'd say, I get it. Sure. 100%. Like, absolutely. Like, this is what we're doing here. And I think the the smart fantasy gamer, who a lot of our guys are plugged in, should be doing this for themselves. Where if you disagree with us and you have I, a reason I'm excited to, for the why you should be selling Cooper Cup Dynasty article to be coming out. Uh, and the Reddit flames that you will have yeah, to be dealing with. I, you love that engagement, no, don't you, John? Should well, I write as, it? As a content manager for Fantasy Alarm, I certainly do. You do, <laughs> don't you? Love you don't care. Views. You don't care if I get beat up. Dude. You're, you're <laughs> oh, like you're the tough co- enough to handle it. It's fine, you know. You're like the boxing coach, though, right? And I'm the boxer. Right. Where I have to go, and I come out. I come back to the corner, and my like, you know, my eyes hanging out. Yeah. And you're like, and I tell you, great. you got to look for the left there, son. <laughs> now get back out there and right. do it. You're you know? wearing, yeah, you're wearing. You're wearing like a, a an Audemar watch. You're wearing like a Royal Oak watch, and you're like you're doing. Not even looking at me. You're like you're doing great out there, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I will take that smoke, and I will tell you why. With Cooper Cup, I mean, it, if it were just one thing, then I'd be okay with it. Like if it were just the high ankle sprain where he had tightrope surgery, the same surgery that Michael Thomas had the year after he set the record for targets. Right. Michael Thomas set the record for targets. Hurt his, uh, hurt his ankle, had surgery. Everything went pretty ugly. Cooper Cup sets the record for PPR points, has tightrope ankle surgery. I mean, that's part of it. But yeah. if it were just that, I'd be actually will, probably willing to put him up there and say, hey, take the risk. But now we also don't know what the hell's going on with this team. What Matt Stafford, man, John, you're the quarterback guy. Did Matt Stafford look normal to you Listen, in any way? I was terrified about Matt Stafford going into last season. I, I said it from the rooftops. I was screaming at him like, this man is not throwing during training camp. They're injecting his elbow. They're having him on a pitch count. He had, they were calling it tennis elbow, but like certainly looked like the big Ben injury where he eventually needed like Tommy John surgery, right? Like there was, you know, a lot of worry here. They didn't have any surgery on his elbow, but they shut him down. And they're going to tell me now that he's going to come back and be okay. No, I I think that that elbow is the toast. They sold their soul for the Super Bowl. They won it. Congratulations. I don't know what's left of Matthew Stafford. Therefore, I am terrified of everybody in this offense. Yeah, man. And that's part of it, dude. That has to be uh, – I. Th- that's why he's got to be in this next group, the high-risk win-now group, which to me might make him a sell, dude, especially if you're not like a very t- – if you're a very top team in your league, then you play for keeps. Uh, otherwise – you know, you gotta, you gotta move him, dude. You gotta move him and just, cause you can get the value now still, right? Like you can cash out now and he probably only has a couple more years left. So if you're not, if you're not ready to win this season, I say move. Him. If you're ready to win, you gotta just ride it in the ground. Probably uh, other guys in the same boat for me. I talked about Michael Thomas. Well, you know, Michael Thomas could be okay. Uh, he, if he comes back and he's healthy, yeah. I'm not going to fade him in August. So, Again, I wrote a full article on him. I don't want to hash that whole all out here because, you know, we're trying to 
keep this to a reasonable amount of time. Well, I mean, listen, I think the Michael Thomas guy. thing just quickly is interesting because to your point, he was productive when on the field and people like, they like forget the production that Michael Thomas actually had last year because there's only a couple of games, <laughs> but he was a guy that you could comfortably put into your lineup each week and you were getting touchdowns. You were getting the production that you needed out of him there. Um, they just, they just remember him being hurt again. And that's where they, they, their memories are at. He scored three touchdowns in three games. Right. He was, he, you know, you can't extra- extrapolate out, you know, the three games, but he would have been on pace for 90 targets, which would have been top 10, to, uh, sorry, 90 receptions, right. not targets, 100 and something, 120 something recept- uh, targets, but 90 receptions, which would have tied DK Metcalf. Like he was on, uh, you know, if we wanted to extrapolate it out, he was on pace for 17 touchdowns, <laughs> yeah. which you can't do that. No. But like, and in one of those games, he got hurt in. And people don't realize, they think that he just hurt his ankle three years ago. It hasn't played since. He hurt his ankle. Then he tried to play on that injured ankle, played in the playoffs in that year, and then had surgery the next year and missed that season because of the surgery. Right. This year he came back. He didn't hurt his ankle. He hurt his second toe, not even his big toe, dislocated a toe, tried to come back without surgery, eventually had surgery, and that's why he missed the year. Like right. the Saints are willing to give him $10 million. I'm willing to put a third round rookie pick on him. That's how I feel about it. There's a whole article on that. If you want to check that out, other guys in this group, uh, Adam Thielen's guy, we already mentioned again, very high risk. The reward's not that high, but they paid him. They gave him a three year deal, John. I mean, clearly the Panthers think he can play. Right. I mean, I think to- that's, I think that's kind of the, uh, the interesting thing there. I mean, is it that they think he can play? Is it that he's kind of a name and they're trying to give something to their, you know, to their fans? I think they're still jerseys, John. Yeah, I think the whole David Justice Moneyball thing. It's like God, David Justice, big names. You know, playing a lot of big games to really help our season tickets. You know, you know the whole Billy oh Bean. You know, can you imagine like, is that what Adam Thielen is like? You know, oh, we got Adam Thielen. Be, you know, thumbs up, it, Adam Thielen. You know, I don't. That could be true. That could be true, though. Like, I mean, it could be, but like three years, you know, I don't know. I, I, listen, he, I hear you. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a big story. Brandon Cooks yeah. going from Houston, going to Dallas. Uh, they didn't give up anything for him. I, I have to assume that Brandon Cooks went to Dallas because he Dallas was, uh, Houston was doing him, you know, a favor here. I find it hard to believe there wasn't another team in the NFL that could have beaten a fifth and a sixth round pick for Brandon Cooks. He's too talented of a wide receiver. Um, now you're getting him in in Dallas in that offense. What's your What's your concern? Is it just the Is it just simply the uh, you know competition for targets here? Yeah, I mean that that's why he's in this group. Because I you know I love Brandon Cooks, man. I, you know, I send more tweets about Brandon Cooks than anybody probably in the whole world. Um, he's just like, if you look at the list of guys, his age, 29 and under, and he is 29 years old, crazy as that sounds, same age as Stephon Diggs. They're both born in 1993. Um, you know, that same age as Dak Prescott, him and his quarterback are the same age. So like if it were, you know, if there were no Michael Gallup and this were a team like the Seahawks or the, uh, Dolphins or the Eagles, where there was just two wide receivers and Quez Watkins then I would be fully on board and he would probably be sitting right next to Tyler Lockett and Keenan mm-hmm. Allen, which right. is a very similar situation. But because of Michael Gallup, I have to, there is risk. It's just, it's simply, it's simple as that. So, but if you truly believe in Brandon cooks, if you truly believe that Brandon cooks is just way better than Michael Gallup, then I don't see why you personally wouldn't put him next to Tyler Lockett and Keenan Allen. And if you, I mean, John, if you turned to me and you personally said, come on, I would, I would say, okay, <laughs> like that's how close it is for me, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but he has to go here because of that risk. Uh, other guys in this group, 
Mike Evans is 29, also born in 1993. All these guys born the same same year. Michael Thomas was also born in 1993. Right. Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, all these guys, um, you know, there's something with them. With Mike Evans, it's the quarterback situation. Yeah. Right? Where are you on I mean, OBJ? Are you done with him? Are you, is he washed? We don't even know where he's playing. It's got to be perfect. You can't buy him right now. If he were to sign with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, because he did get an offer from the Ravens, they said, mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson comes back and Todd Munkin's running the air raid offense. Now all of a sudden I'm like third round pick, late third round rookie pick. Eh, maybe yeah. he's 30 years old. So maybe, but right now he's not in this group, but I think this is a group you have to talk about him with. There's nowhere else to put him. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there again. Definitely some risk there. Uh, Cooper, we're talking about some of these like fringe players here, you know, list me off a couple of young guys that you think maybe could make an impact on dynasty teams right now. Yeah. Let's put, let's do three last quick bucket buckets over 10 minutes. That's it for the rest of these mm-hmm. guys. And these will be fringe guys that if I'm competing right now, I don't know if I can start them or not. And we'll put them into the 25 or younger group, just like the, just like we did earlier, 25 or younger, then we'll have the 26 or so guys. And then we'll have the guys that are like, Yep. you know, pretty much dead. So uh, the 25 or under, there's some interesting names here that are very close, but I personally can't tell myself that I'm going to start them. Let me just give you a handful of names and you tell me, John, which ones you would be most willing to start this season if you had to pick one. Sure. So Elijah Moore, 23 years old, now with the Browns. Rondell Moore, 23 years old. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins could be gone. Josh Palmer, 23 years old, was very startable at times, mostly injury related to other guys. Gabriel Davis is 23. The Bills inexplicably have done very little at wide receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones is 24. Kadarius Tony is 24. Nico Collins is 24, I guess. And I'll also throw Chase Claypool's name out there, 24 years old. From that group, if you had to pick one or two guys that that you would go into this season saying, okay, they're a starter on my team. Who would you want to grab? I I think – you know, I mean, I, we may be in agreement on this one. For me, I think Gabriel Davis has to be, just given that offense um, yeah. and the fact that there really isn't that competition like we talked about. And then it's got to be Kadarius Toney. Uh, listen, injuries aside, when he's on the field, he is rather electric. And Juju's gone. Miko Hardman's gone. They don't. They didn't bring anybody else in to really take yeah. those spots. So they're buying in on Kadarius Toney to hopefully be healthy, get with the program, and be that guy for Patrick Mahomes. So those are the two for me uh, that I think have to make some dynasty lineups. The yards per route run for Kadarius Tony, I mean, that's the magic stat these days, right? And if you just add snaps to, or you add routes to yards per route run, that's when you get magic. And this guy's over two yards per route run, which is the, this is that's the marker, right? So right. Kadarius Tony, very interesting. Gabe Davis, he's one that if they do nothing in the draft for some reason, I'm in. If they do something in the draft, I might be out. Uh, the other guy from the group, Elijah. One of Elijah Moore or um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, whoever's playing, a f- they're going to use two tight end stats. It's Kevin Stefanski. So somebody's going to miss snaps, right? Uh, whoever gets a full-time snap share, it will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other guys in this age group, just going to say them. We're not going to talk much about them. Terrace Marshall, Khalil Shakur, Tyquan Thornton's in that group, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Tolbert. Any interest, John? No, right? No, just no, not really. Not, not too yeah. much. Nope. Tyquan Thornton in best ball. Uh, he's yeah. fast. Yep. Uh, okay, so older guys, French starters, uh, Jacoby Myers now, new situation. He's 26. Darnell Mooney's going to be 26 soon. KJ Osborne, DJ Chark, uh, Paris Campbell with a new team, Calvin Ridley. On yeah, a new Ridley team. for sure, I think to me, is the one that could almost instantly bump all the way up, um, he could go way up in these tiers. He's 28 years old. 
He's missed a year and a half, essentially, but he missed it where he claims that he was working out best shape of his life. All the, all the good words you want to see. We'll see what happens in, in mini camp and in training camp, but he can almost immediately bump right back up into those like, you know, age apex win now sort yeah. of uh, spots. If he is the guy that was when he left football, do that suspension. He would go right to the group with Mike Williams, Amari Cooper. And yeah, I agree. They're, they're all 20 years old. They're all the same age. So I put him right with Mike Williams and Amari Cooper. If he is that guy. And so, yeah, putting him in this group, it feels weird, but I can't put him in the other group. Can you? No, can't put him. In Let's say group. he could go there. Right. I think Zay Jones with the Ridley coming in, he's out now. Yeah. Alan Lazard, touchdown dependent. Tyler Boyd is a part-time slot guy. Curtis Samuel, Russell Gage, a lot of slot guys. A lot of win now teams will immediately put Calvin Ridley in their lineup though. So that's also a way to look at it, you know, but you're looking at it from how you would go about acquiring them or selling these players. So he's, yeah, he, he's just, he's in no man's land, but he's so close. Right. Like, but if you believe, if you read the players tribune article, yeah. which I did, and I was actually pretty fired up about it. Uh, maybe you do move him up there. So he's probably the closest DJ Chark. I'll never give up. Love you. Um, <laughs> and then, so, you know, after that, not really too much to talk about Ron Renfro, all these guys We want to keep this short. Uh, last couple of minutes, any guys of this 30 plus group that are, so most of the 30 plus guys we start, you could at least really consider starting. Yeah. Even for a bye week, if you put Adam Thielen in your lineup, you are like, okay. Yeah. You know? So Robert Woods for me, I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Texans, right? Yeah. Going to be the number one targets. guy in Houston, right? There's no competition for him for targets. So, yeah. um, you know, he, as long as he is healthy, it's a really bad offense, but like he should be what we all expected Brandon Cooks to be last year. Right? Are we giving up on Devontae Parker, John? No, That's all I need to know. not yet. I want to see what happens. I want to see what New England does with the quarterback position. Plus, I am at least willing to give Bill O'Brien an opportunity to put a real offense uh, under Mac Jones here, and then maybe there's some success there. Obviously, like Juju it. coming in impacts uh, Devontae Parker a little bit, but Parker and, and Mac Jones do show a little bit of chemistry together. So we don't know. Mike Kosecki, Juju, we have no we, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, we don't know. Right. T- Devontae Parker could lead the team in targets. He could have 125 targets. Allen Robinson, give up. Yeah. 100%. Dead Robbie Anderson, chosen Anderson. Sorry. Uh, dead, I mean, unless him. DeAndre Hopkins goes away, right? Like, no. Exactly. I mean, like, it, Tim Patrick needs to be signed. Yeah. Tim, Tim Patrick needs a trade to Quillen Center Jerry Judy. And I think as far as guys that are 30 years old that we haven't talked about already, that's it. Yep. I'm, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Coop, right now we get an NFL draft special. Draft comes at the end of the month. Use promo code mm. NFL draft. Uh, you get 20% off the annual pro price. So we have our monthly package, you know, 50% off the first six months, promo code NFL 50. If you want just to buy the year, you can buy the year cheaper than you can buy the month, the month package uh, with this 20% off promo code that we got right now. It's $230 for the entire year. You get access to all, everything we do on site, all DFS sports, all seasonal content, and more importantly, get access to our Discord there. You get live access to myself, Andrew Cooper, Howard Bender, Adam Ronis, James Ronde, Justin Vreeland, Colby Conway, you name it. We're all on that Discord. We're all answering your draft questions, your lineup questions, uh, start sits, you name it. We're in there to help you guys dominate. Uh, so that Discord yeah, comes with that premium subscription. Uh, no better time than now to get a part. Again, it's just 230 bucks for the year. Access to everything with promo code NFL Draft. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Like the Discord, you can literally ask us any questions. That, that gives us all our DFS picks, everything. It's 
That's the deal. And that's for the dynasty gamers. That's yeah. the reason we have it now is that we're trying to reward the people that play all year round. So you get 20% off. And then the, the clubs that just roll into the fantasy subreddit in August only, those people have to pay full price. Yep. So that's just the way it is. So that if you get in there now, promo code is NFL draft. NFL draft. Got to oh, go get it. Awesome. I think that's, you know, you know where to find me at Coupe Fiasco. You know where to find him, Pemba 777 on Twitter. All my stuff is posted on there. All his stuff is posted on there. And it's all on Fantasy. Yep. So we don't really need to sell anything else on that standpoint. All right, everybody. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Quick Out Fantasy Football podcast and live stream. We will be back next week. Talk to you then.